Okay, thank you, Carlos. <laughs> so, uh, as per recommendation of one of my students, same as Carlos, um, I only have like two students that are following this um, podcast, and <laughs> and one of them uh, just gave me some feedback this last week. He said. Hey, Mr. Nava, I finally got to listen to to one of your podcasts, and uh, and I said, so what, what what did you think? He looks at me. He goes, well, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but it's freaking boring, Mr. Nava. I go, uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you what do you recommend I do? He goes, well, why don't you take that lame music, that introductory music, out of it, and put some, something more interesting. So I go, all right, why don't you recommend something for me? And so he did. And that was uh, a Colombian band called Atercio Pelados. And the name of the song is called Florecita Roquera. Thank you, Carlos. Is there too much snobbishness at the upper echelons of the Shambhala Sangha? Snobbishness? Is that even a word? Is it too snobbish? When you follow some of the conversations that are taking place right now, some of these Facebook groups, man, there's a lot of pissed off people. People's passions and this um, anger that has been held back is just coming up to the surface. There are a lot of pissed off people right now. And it's it's deeper than just the sexual stuff, the sexual you know, allegations that uh, are being addressed. People have been holding back for, for a lot of time a long time about uh, a lot of stuff that just were not allowed to be expressed and um People held back from being able to uh, just uh, be frank and talk about these uh, issues that people were concerned about. And all this stuff is coming up to the surface. And as you follow some of these groups and uh, what people are talking about, it's clearly evident that people have been upset about a lot of stuff. And at the same time, they really would like for there to, to be a uh, sincere, um, well, reformation of this community. And I certainly hope that it happens. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I have my fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, there's a part of me that is optimistic, and there's also a part of me that um is less so i was following this conversation on the shambhala facebook page a couple days ago and the conversation revolved around the question of hey how are teachers going to be selected at the local centers how are they going to be trained is it going to be a top down thing and 
by top down, I think people understand that to be something that is not clear. You know, that when people are selected and the process that took place is not open and transparent and it's more like people are uh, designated um, for reasons that are not uh, very clear and leave a lot to be desired. Or else people are selected because they have gone through all of the obstacles. You know, they've gone through the obstacle course and they've taken every single program that has been made available and they had the time and the luxury and the money to pay for those programs and participate. And so they have these credentials, right? And they get selected. Um, well, that's really what, what um, was being discussed. Um, how are things going to be different? Is it really going to be based on, on that kind of stuff? You put all these this, uh, these obstacles and people need to go through these obstacles and they need to prove themselves and they get this, this certification, right? Of, uh, uh, being worthy of, uh, teaching. Or is it going to be more a bottom top approach where you have, uh, local, um, Sangha that because of their involvement and their, um, well, good uh, rapport and communication with one another. They have uh, a trusting type of uh, thing going there. And, uh, you know, that teachers that come up, they come up very uh, naturally. And they uh, are selected because of their involvement and People trust them, and they um, are caring, and they are also knowledgeable, and it's a byproduct of a local nurturing that, well, took place over time. And these people are uh, entrusted, and they become, um, well, natural teachers of that given local environment. So right now you have a lot of this talk that's taking place and I personally find it very interesting because it hits home with me. I have been a high school teacher for over 25 years already and, you know, almost 20 of those years I worked at uh, Jordan High School in Los Angeles in Watts. Um, I think as far as a high school environment uh, in any part in this nation at that time in the early 90s, you, uh, you had very few uh, tougher environments that uh, really challenged you as a, a teacher than um, working um, at uh, Jordan High School at the time. And so you, you know, you end up developing a love for your craft, a love for teaching and what it means to be a teacher and what it means to, um, uh, to do it right. And, uh, you, after 10 years or so, 15 years, you realize that you're, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, 
as I did. And you, you realize that it's not just about the content, that the content is really secondary, that there's something there more important going on, that uh, really people, these students, take with them. The content is lost, what you teach them. Um, it's really not uh, kept. It um, goes pretty quickly, right? If you can teach them some skills that can be retained by them, great. But for the most part, you know, we know that uh, most of what you teach them is lost. And you increasingly become aware that something else is retained by them that seems to have um, a longer half-life. And that is how you treat them, how you relate to them as people, as humans. And you realize at some point as a teacher that uh, that is really uh, where your craft should be uh, invested. Okay, so what's the point right here that you're trying to make here, Aureliano Nava? Look, the question here that comes to my mind is, so what is the equivalent here with teachers in the Buddha Dharma and specifically in the Shambhala community? Is it like this too? Uh, where you end up being a teacher and you zoom in on the content and you become uh, really good at um, right accumulating all this uh, knowledge and you bombard people with this this content and that is uh, you know you become very impressive or is it something else right there that uh, is developed and that after you do this for 10 years you realize oh shit uh, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, it's not so much about the content and it's uh, the way that uh, you know people are perceiving me I'm you know I'm relating to people and what they sense and feel about me as a person and uh, this is what they they take and this is where it's hot, you know, it's, this is uh, the heart stuff that is connected with and felt. Is it like that? Is it something similar that takes place that occurred to me as a teacher, as a high school teacher, that took me 10, 15 years to realize? Is that really how, how it is? And if it's, if it's like this, well then, for the most part, you know, <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's been done wrong. <laughs> Look, uh, we all know that the Shambhala community produces some great teachers. How, uh, that happens? Um, I think we've been very, very fortunate that we have had some, uh, natural teachers. Um, all of us have encountered that type of teacher in our communities that uh, were very heartfelt and and yet at the same time we have encountered teachers that well have been for the most part uh, snobs <laughs> for, 
you know, arrogant, much more concerned with content and the presentation and the delivery of that content uh, in a very methodical kind of way than uh, with how am I coming across with people? Am I being light about this? Am I being, you know, am I informing people? Yes, of course content is important. Come on. We know that. But uh, we also know that uh, even even more important than content, you know, there's that uh, human aspect that needs to come through. And that is what people take and what people connect with. Look, uh, let's be um, honest here with ourselves um, personally and as a community. So much of our present troubles have to do with this whole question of what is a teacher. And unfortunately, we have developed some very warped and unhealthy views about what uh, is the the role of of our teachers, especially right the role of our um, most senior teachers or our most senior teacher, and that has led us to well this moment of awakening that we're going through, and it's bringing us back to a place where that role is being seriously, honestly re-examined. And uh, I certainly hope that we do it right because so much depends on us getting this this right. And by getting this right, I think it has to do with how we need to humanize our teachers, even our senior Most teachers need to be uh, seen as what they are. They're just human beings. But when we start putting them up on on pedestals, and when we start um, putting all these obstacle courses that they have to to go through in order to get, um, well, certified, right? To get the credential of... uh, being a teacher, well, you know what? Uh, at the end of that process, if it's really painful, oh, painful, what does this mean? <clears throat> well, you know what you know what this means. Uh, there's a difference between painful and that there are these obstacles that uh, have been created, and may the best person win. Kind of painful, right? And uh, dharmically painful, right? One creates an arrogant prick that uh, has gone through all the obstacle courses and on the other side, they are, you know, they feel like the king of the jungle or or whatever, right? They have this... uh, you know, I've gone through the <laughs> obstacle course, and uh, you know, now I have uh, become this Dharma teacher. And uh, the other kind of painful, which 
well, it breaks down that uh, that ego, right? It uh, uh, well deconstructs that uh, solid sense of um, self, and uh, it creates authentic, real um, feeling, compassionate persons. Look, um, let's let's be honest here, right? A lot of us want to be Dharma teachers. I certainly, in my deepest fantasies, want to be a Dharma teacher and be able to, you know, elucidate on on the Dharma and uh, sit right in front of people and uh, talk in a Dharmic kind of way and have people um, look at me and perceive me as being oh so smart and uh, realize I think it's actually okay because in a um, you know odd kind of way it's part of that uh, bodhisattva aspiration to you know, save the whole universe to save all sentient beings and uh, perceiving ourselves as uh, having or aspiring to have what it takes to be able to accomplish such a vast aspiration, right? So, uh, I guess from that perspective, uh, it's uh, it's a healthy kind of fantasy. But then, um, you know, it becomes deflated very rapidly when we realize how uh, hard these teachers work. You know, it's uh, often a thankless kind of activity, and they sacrifice so much. And they do, you know, and, and most of these teachers are um, very hardworking and very um, good people, and they um, they have the best intentions uh, in with what they do. So, in all fairness, that needed to be said about so many of our teachers. But let's go back to this. Uh, well, uh, these changes and the uh, reforms that should be, well, they should be implemented at some point, right, with the new Kalapa Assembly Board. I think it's just an interim board right now that was just elected, right? So, um, with respect to our views of uh, teachers and our main uh, teacher, you know, that person that uh, is supposed to play the role of uh, our guru, not just for ourselves, but for future generations. So, you know, we know that because we are a um, Vajrayana school, uh, we do have this um, unique view of uh, the teacher role. So, we can't really expect that that is going to go away many, many centuries old, and uh, it's uh, an authentic and profound tradition, right? So, uh, but that should be a path for people, don't you think? It should be, if you want to go in that direction, and you want to have that kind of um, samaya with uh, a teacher in this tradition, that should be available to you, and uh, great. But, 
What about those that uh, say to themselves, you know, this is a Western society and we live in a democracy and there are certain uh, values in this art tradition that are rooted differently. And uh, we want to be able to benefit by the best of Tibetan Buddhism, Buddhism in general, and we very much feel connected with this lineage, with this teacher that left so much for us, Chogun Trimpa Rinpoche, but uh, there should be another avenue available for us that is more secular in outlook. Has a particular special view about this teacher, especially that left so much for us, but uh, at the same time chooses to view, well, this whole teacher thing uh, from a well, from a not so elevated a perspective, and we select to view uh, our teacher and our teachers as humans, and the profound aspect of it is that. You know, we see sacredness about this person, but only speak because we see the sacredness, if you want to call it even, the divine, not just in this person, but uh, in all people. And that is the profundity or the you know, absolute, from the absolute point of view. So I think it's possible to have that perspective, to, to see that uh, our teachers are human, and that uh, because we partake of this uh, in this Western society that uh, wishes to benefit from Buddhism because we see its uniqueness and its view, its, its uh, sutras and its shastras and its mind technologies that are so profound and so beneficial for us. But uh, our view of teachers and the teacher is more grounded in something that is more relatable for us and at the same time has that profound aspect as I mentioned to it. But back to this snobbishness thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the cast that I feel is, is part of our community unfortunately and that I for one hope that we can somehow shake it off. Following one of these uh, Facebook groups, the Shambhala Facebook group, and this very topic of teachers, right, and hey, you know, how is the way the teachers are going to be trained and selected, uh, what is it going to look like, and it's going to be top down or bottom up or a combination of both, and, and this person that was participating in this conversation, I'll mention his name, his name is Greg Heffron said, well, you know, um, I've been, uh, I've seen both methods and appreciate the top-down and the bottom-up and the little sangha I started out in uh, Bellingham. It was all bottom-up when I was starting and it seemed to work really well. I honestly didn't see bad classes being taught. And in parentheses, he says, and I'm a horrible snob. So when I read this, the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, okay, that's really good that this person is uh, is able to 
to see this uh, snobbishness about uh, himself as he's uh, sitting there, right, uh, listening to somebody um, uh, teach a class. And it's good, right, when we do that with our... And that is the beautiful thing about sitting practice, that we are able to do that very comfortably as we sit in our cushions uh, over and over again. We can look at those areas about ourselves that we need to work with, and slowly we need to, uh, well, undermine, right, by not um, uh, giving them the attention that sometimes we do simply because we're not uh, aware of what we are doing. So that's what came to my mind. I said, uh, well, this, this person is uh, very much aware of uh, this aspect of himself, and obviously he's working with that. But at the same time, I also said to myself, wow, you know, that snobbishness thing is something that we are known for, unfortunately, as a community. And it's one of those areas that, well, we need to work with. And as a community, we need to, to be able to remind each other uh, when that kind of stuff surfaces. And we need, able to, we need to be able to say, uh, hey, we, there we go. Again, we're doing that. But let me see if I can share with you how often this snobbishness plays out. And it's kind of weird because it goes so much against uh, the, well, the spirit of what our community is supposed to be about. And it goes so much against the spirit of the teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, and yet it's something that uh, we continue to fall in the trap of. So, uh, an example would be, you have classes offered at our centers. Now look, if your center's not doing this, and uh, (laughs) you're not guilty of this, more power to you, and congratulations, right? I'm just speaking for my experience. Right, what I have personally observed and what others have shared with me. Uh, so, you have classes offered at our centers, and normally, let's say you have introductory uh, Buddha Dharma classes, and you, for those classes, you get teachers that are in training, are being mentored to teach the basic most uh, classes, and uh, perhaps you have a uh, more senior teacher, like a Shastra, that is there and is providing feedback, and they do at the end that, uh, you know, uh, let's get together to debrief stuff, you know, that happens after every program, and that seems to be a good model, right? And for the most advanced courses, well, then you have the most experienced, most uh, advanced teachers that will have this responsibility to teach the, well, you know, these courses that seem to be more uh, demanding, right? They require more expertise, more of an ability to uh, communicate and to, you know, expound on and elucidate the teachings. But, 
ask yourselves whether this makes much sense to you, taking into consideration the, well, the core and most uh, profound of the teachings of Chögyam Trungpa Rinpoche, does it make sense from to have this approach? Well, uh, let me share with you where I'm coming from. And let me connect it with that snobbishness thing that I've been mentioning. All right, so what are we working with? Right? What, um, what is the, the thing that is our focus, that we are examining, that we are attempting to wrap our heads around and, and then put to practice as we sit? In this uh, training, right? Meditation. Well, you know, this uh, question of suffering, right? Uh, what is suffering? How is it that we suffer? Why do we suffer? Uh, why is it that um, we continue to suffer and there seems to be no end to this? And so what's at fault right here, right? So, I mean, that's, that's really the whole thing that we are uh, doing, right? Isn't it? You know, when it comes down to it, this uh, question of, of suffering. And, uh, well, uh, Chogam Trimpa Rinpoche was uh, such a, uh, well, you know, his skill uh, excelled when it came to pointing out to us uh, that uh, we, you know, we suffer because there is this misapprehension, or this mistaken view that we have about ourselves and uh, the world, that uh, uh, we suffer because erroneously, right, we uh, go after all those things in life that we believe are going to make us happy, and it ends up that uh, we end up uh, miserable because there's this thing that is always seeking happiness and satisfaction, and uh, this thing, this right sense of, of I and me, and vague as it is, uh, we still do our best to bring to that uh, satisfaction and happiness. But uh, it's always beyond our reach. And it's always beyond our reach because we are trying to satisfy something that essentially doesn't require to be, well, satisfied. <laughs> and, and so, nonetheless, we struggle with attempting to provide satisfaction and happiness to something that we ourselves are very frustrated at pointing out and locating anywhere, you know, <laughs> as we pursue uh, that happiness, and and as we try to wrap our heads around that, right? Well, look, if we're a common person, uh, an ordinary person, and we are going about our daily tasks and uh, pursuits, we're not so concerned about this because uh, having a very well-defined sense of uh, of self, wow, loud helicopter, uh, is not um, you know it's 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 necessary. It helps. It's instrumental to our pursuits of survival. But if you are a member of our, 
our Shambhala community and you are a student of Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche, it's not so like that, right? It's supposed to be different. You are uh, examining this vague sense of who and what we are. And the, the moment we undertake this path, well, you, you recognize that being frustrated in that search of attempting to identify who that person that we uh, identify so vaguely with, that in the attempt of trying to discover that, um, being irritated by that very pursuit is a very good thing, right? <laughs> right? Isn't it that at some point you uh, you will exhaust of your all your efforts, intellectual efforts, every attempt at doing uh, doing that, every attempt to, to isolate that? Oh yeah, that's that is I, that's me, right? There I am, <laughs> there I went, <laughs> there I came back, and I'm back here, and there I go again, and uh, uh, well. Um, we get all uh, entangled with uh, that pursuit and the only thing that we are left with is this sense of being very much put in a very dis, uh, position of uh, being very uncomfortable uncomfortable, and even irritated by that attempt and we have nothing left but to give up and to open up to that uh, fruitless pursuit and we open up and we relax into that and we settle with that and we right, we open ourselves, our minds to that and uh, as we do so, uh, there is some breakthrough that occurs in the absence of that struggle. Oh well, that was a winded way of saying something that uh, I probably could have said it uh, in a much shorter and concise way, but uh, what the hell. Well, so, does it then make any sense at all that you have your most uh, experienced and uh, well-groomed teachers teaching the advanced courses, and you have your mentors, your teachers in training, your newbies teaching the introductory courses. Think about that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Not from this perspective. Not if you keep this perspective in mind that I just went over with you, that I just tried to uh, right, uh, refresh in our memories about what uh, what we're doing with this, in this path, these teachings. No, it doesn't make any sense. Now, what what would make more sense? Um, look, I think maybe some some of these centers uh, have caught onto this. I don't know. Uh, I'd be interested interested to to hear from somebody. But so let me tell you what makes more sense. What makes more sense is that you have your newer courses being taught by your most uh, experienced teachers, because there you have right uh, people that are coming off the streets, and they want a very clear and direct right, 
presentation discussion on why why it is that they're hurting so much. Why are they suffering so much? Why are they in such such misery, such pain? And being able to communicate that clearly to um, beginners is very important. You don't want someone that confuses them more. <laughs> they are already confused. <laughs> right? So on the other hand, your advanced courses, who's going to attend those courses? Not newbies, right? Uh, you're going to old farts, right? People that have been already practicing for a while, right? And they're going to go in there. And uh, why do they go and attend these uh, uh, advanced courses? Uh, well, because they want to learn more, right? <laughs> and they want, yes, but, uh, and they also want to, uh, to attend uh, these courses because, you know, the senior most advanced teachers are going to be teaching them. So they go in there and, yeah, I'm going to get something out of this, right? This person, this teacher is going to provide the goodies to me, the goods. <laughs> the crack, crack cocaine of, of Dharma, you know? And, but really, that's what we want. Don't don't we want really like these advanced courses? Doesn't make any more sense, you know, from an odd, weird kind of way. It doesn't make more sense that these advanced courses are, are taught by uh, people that are gonna end up screwing up. <laughs> people that are gonna actually end up, you know, getting all wrapped up and confused. Because they're not very familiar with the content, and and maybe they went over it for a while and they tried to memorize it, and then when they tried sharing it with people, they get, you know, they just screw up, they mess up, you know, in the delivery, <laughs> they drop the football, and in the mean, so in the meantime, you know, the the audience, right, that are there listening, what are they doing, right? The audience is sitting there, and what are they doing with themselves? They're like being really critical, right? They're thinking about, oh shit, man, this person doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, right? <laughs> what the hell's going on right here, right? And they're sitting there and they're being like, you know, judgmental, right? Snobs, right? They're criticizing this this person because he's not delivering on the goods. He's <laughs> he's spilling all the frijoles, right? And um and he's making a mess, and this person is making a fool of himself or herself. And the audience, right? The students are sitting there, and uh, you know these snobbish attitudes, and saying to themselves, "Why can't we have somebody here more skillful, more better that can uh, communicate these advanced teachings to us?" And uh, what a disgrace! <laughs> right? Just like Greg uh, Efron mentioned. Well, there's that irritation, right? There's that frustration that Shogun Trumper Rinpoche so often talks to us about, that sense of being dissatisfied, right? Disappointed. <laughs> How many times does he mention the word disappointed in his teachings? You know, probably hundreds of times, really? Uh, so there you are. Uh, shouldn't you be thankful because you are this person that is dropping the frijoles on, on these advanced teachings? 
is uh, running in circles and is making such a mess. And you're sitting there with all this disappointment, all this snobbishness. Uh, well, <laughs> shouldn't you be thankful for such profound instructions, such a for a profound screw-up that allows you to see that disappointment in your little mind? <laughs> yes, uh, I think it should be like that, see? Now, do, do you actually think that uh, at the upper echelons of uh, our community, uh, people will enact this? People will purposely provide or uh, hand over the more advanced teachings to relatively beginners just so they could screw them up and uh, have the audience of these relatively advanced practitioners, right? They've been you know, practicing for a while. They're, they've come beyond the basics. And uh, knowingly that these people are going to be extremely frustrated, right? And providing them that opportunity to be that snobbish, that critical, right? so that um, disappointed. Um, I don't. I don't think they they would have the uh, skillfulness to purposely right, create that kind of situation. Uh, why? Because I really don't think. And I really would like to be wrong on this so badly. I really don't think that these reforms are going to be that deep. I think that they're not going to really shake the foundation of this warped understanding that we have about the role of the teacher uh, at uh, the local level and at the most uh, highest level, at the level of the guru. I think that uh, a part of us wants to continue to have this um, this warped view. I think it provides us some kind of false sense of, of uh, I don't know what, um, security at the level of uh, the Lord of Mind kind of stuff that uh, we, a lot of us, really don't want to still yet do away with and uh, that's why these advanced teachings will continue to be given to the most experienced teachers those teachers that uh, want to shine right in that uh, bake in that uh, light and uh, want to share their uh, profound uh, understanding and uh, wisdom with us, and uh, you have an audience that similarly uh, is uh, very hungry to uh, digest that kind of uh, intellectual stuff. Right? They want to wrap themselves uh, within that uh, mental stuff that. Uh, they still believe is going to somehow right, uh, 
unlock the key to what uh, is not yet available to them. And I think I need to shut up at this point. I have, uh, I'm sure, exhausted your patience. Uh, if you have stayed this long with me, <laughs> I don't know how you did it, but thank you very much for being so patient. And by all means, please, if you so desire, subscribe to the channel so that when I share the next episode with you, and uh, I will, most likely, I, I will continue to to share these with you, you can be notified. Adios, amigos and uh, amigas. Hasta la vista. Hasta muy pronto. Take care of yourselves. And, of course, I can't leave without mentioning Carlitos. Thank you, Carlos, for being so honest with me about how boring you found his uh, podcast. And for suggesting a different music. Acesio Pelados. Florecita Rodera. Thank you, Carlos. Love you.